Irregularities will be handled by the forces controlling each podcast. Transatlantic, non-genre denizens may not be used where there is life. Medium menagerie inhabitants are available. Terence, Graham, Siobhan, the head of Pertwee, Wataka and Brunhilde. The head of Pertwee has been assigned. Welcome one and all to Staggering Stories Podcast 342. I'm Jean. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. And I, yes, I am... Only alive by the very skin of his teeth and the fact he has lovely knees. I'll be glad when this (laughs) lockdown is over. I went into the shed for you. I I went into the shed. You didn't break the spiders. Yep. Oh, there were some massive spiders. It's completely (laughs) empty now. Except and, for the spider. Oh, man, there were some big ones. unconvincing spider. <laughs> so, can we without... make funny faces on this? <laughs> so we've been story-timing with Ben on FaceTime, and oh, yeah. you can play lots of silly games and make your face into a monster in that. Mm, or a potato <laughs> while you're in the middle of a committee meeting. <laughs> yeah, that that's funny. funny. <laughs> so, without further ado... Here's the news with El Presidente. Doctor Who news. No, oh, yeah. Double dip of the Daleks. Ooh. <laughs> Does it that can't you get viruses if you double dip? I think you so, can. yeah. <sighs> All of these years ago, back in 2017, or 3 BTE before the event, BBC Studios released Unto the World, Patrick Troughton's debut story, The Power of the Daleks. Given the chaotic and dynamic nature of the Earth that was, somehow the BBC had lost the original video of that story and instead gave it to us as an animated substitute on Blu-ray and DVD in both colour and black and white form. Now BBC Studios want you to buy those discs once again, this time with the temptation of some additional special features, such as two new documentaries about Power of the Daleks, 1993 BBC audio version of The Power of the Daleks, narrated by Tom Baker. Wicker's World, I Don't Like My Monsters to Have Oedipus Complexes. <laughs> Daleks, The Early Years, a 1992 documentary presented by Peter Davison. Oh, so young. Robin Hood, mm. 1953 episode, Patrick Troughton's earliest surviving TV appearance. Mm. This special edition is currently due for release in the UK on the 6th of July, 0TE 2020. At a price of seventeen ninety nine on Blu-ray or twelve ninety nine on DVD, bottle caps may be accepted at some establishments instead of old currency. It's just new extras. It isn't really yeah. anything new to the the story. And to be honest, whilst I do love the extras, I'm not sure I'd buy the whole new DVD just for extras. Yeah, the extras will yeah, end up on YouTube before long anyway. So yeah. I think, I think. There are some completists out there that will probably buy this, 
But I, I probably will. I've got to agree yeah. with you. I'm not going to be. It's too soon. It's too recent, and it's nothing yeah. really new. Yeah, there's only been about three or four discs between this one and what, where we currently are. Mm. Yeah, it's not like the old days where they did the special editions of the DVDs. There was about a decade between them, the early yeah. ones, and then towards the end they they redid them. This is just taking well, the piss. Been a couple of years. This is, yeah, <laughs> and, and at least this is a gouge. This is trying to see how much money they can get. Also, at least when it was, you had it released, and then about a few years later, it was usually where technology had moved on, and they could clean it mm. up. You, you got a remastered yeah. or a better looking copy. So the first yeah. would be from three six five line TV, and then the next one would be more like a decent DVD copy. So you you got something extra in your story if you wanted. Yeah, mm. but this is next. just like you know. On to carry on with the news. Okay. Although I will say that they might fix up the issue they had with the colour version, mm. where they had some scenes flipped. They yeah. might have fixed that. Although they shouldn't charge you for that. They should give that for free. Yeah. <laughs> DC. Ooh. Zack Snyder's Revenge. Yes. Zack Snyder may have left the DC film series under something of a cloud, depending on who you believe, but in this brave new world, being unable to shoot new films, the Warner Brothers, and maybe their sister Dot, <laughs> have teamed up with HBO Max and Zachary Snyder to re-edit the 2017, 3 BTE, <laughs> film Justice League. The money-losing original version of this film, as extensively reshot and finished by Joss Whedon, was not well-liked, and ever since there have been calls for Zack Snyder's original take on it, known as the hashtag... Schneider cut. Now Warner Brothers, seemingly desperate for something to do during the lockdown, have agreed to partly fund this new edit, presumably needing a lot of new visual effects and perhaps some reshoots. Sadly, this may see the end of Henry Cavill's CGI upper lip, <laughs> as that was part of the extensive Whedon reshoots that will likely be lost. According to a source, the cut will cost 20 to 30 million dollars to complete the special effects, musical score and editing will be either a four-hour film version or a six-part television miniseries of Snyder's original vision of the film. All of the principal cast are expected to return in some capacity to finish off a band of sequences, and all of his effort is expected to result in Zack Snyder's Justice League hitting HBO Max in 2021. Mm. I'm having real trouble working up the energy to care about this anymore. Mm. A lot of people have been campaigning for it for literally for three years now. Oh, yeah. so um, fed up with it. <laughs> I've, I've had a little look back and admittedly what I found is probably hearsay and rumour, so take a pinch of salt with it, but it's not Warner Brothers that have wanted this, it's AT&T, the owners of both Warner Brothers and HBO Max. Ah, really? Okay. Previously, Warner Brothers have stated that it's never going to see the light of day. Oh, yeah, yeah, they said, oh, it couldn't happen, doesn't exist, they'd have yeah. to do too much, and they will have to do a lot, 20, 30 million dollars is a it's, lot of money to, it, to do a re-edit. Yeah, I mean, how much <laughs> is this film ultimately going to cost uh i think heaven's gate and uh oh god what was the um the water, water world oh yeah up until this point the most expensive flops <laughs> in history yeah. and this is running i think at the moment it's running a close second with the additional cost of reshoots on top it's good money after bad mm, it really yeah. is give it mm. up I, I mean i suppose they hope that this extra 20 30 million might net them 50 60 70 million or something through hbo max and yeah. eventually sales dvd blu-ray wherever else it might appear um yeah, i mean these these people who have campaigned for the uh, the schneider cut have all better sign on and take up hbo max uh, licensing because <laughs> yeah. the whole thing is going to be going down the tubes Pers i can't imagine they're actually gonna make their money back on this no but. no personally <laughs> i haven't enjoyed Zack snyder films no sucker no, punch. i was grateful when we didn't took over that was a hopeful yeah. thing yeah it still turned out to be pretty bad 
<laughs> I mean, uh, as I was saying, Sucker Punch was glorious to look at, but had no story attached to it at all. <laughs> Watchmen was a mess. Great source material, but yeah. Yeah, Man of Steel was just overridingly dull, both in visual looks and in storytelling. I think the first half was quite good. It's just the second half that had to turn into a CGI computer game. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Batman v Superman, I wasn't interested in, and the first showing of this, I just wasn't interested. I, I no. think it's going to show it for, as you said, throwing good money off the bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see, but I'd be shocked if it turns out to be any good. Yeah. Go on, Gene. Next news. Mr. Tennant, Mr. Sheen staged star for new content the bbc has employed the likes of david tennant georgia tennant and michael christopher sheen to record a new comedy series set during this lockdown called staged according to the bbc press release stage six 15 minute episodes features the cast of a play the cream of the crop of british acting talent who are furloughed when their upcoming west end production is suddenly brought to a halt the series follows the cast as they try their best to keep the rehearsals on track in lockdown. BBC content director Charlotte Moore added, It's vital that the BBC provides moments of light relief and this mischievous <laughs> idea shows what great sports Michael and David are in sending themselves up. The series will air in June 2020 on BBC One and naturally the iPlayer straight afterward. <laughs> I'm looking forward mm. to this one. It does sound like it could be a bit of a giggle. Yeah. 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 I mean, personally, I've got, I've got two thoughts on this. One, Michael Sheen and David Tennant were the best things in Good Omens. Their, oh, yeah. their chemistry, their reaction of bouncing off each other. And two, haven't people already done this on uh, YouTube at the moment? Yeah. It's that sort of thing. It reminds me a bit of The Guild. Yeah. If you ever saw that, which was uh, their, Day, the characters talking it? into webcams, talking to each other over mm. webcams, that sort of thing. Yeah. It wasn't until later they actually got out of the their bedrooms or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to see what comes of it and how it um, oh, all yeah. pans out. But yeah. That's about the only positive thing to this whole lockdown is the creativity of people. There's been some amazing videos. Mm. We've all seen the one of the stunt performers oh. punching each other and reacting to the mm. punch. But someone's done an animated... <laughs> it's um, for animators. They've all done like a, a little tweeting bird will punch the screen and then someone else will fall over and... Mm-hmm. Beach you know, ball. Beach ball will bounce off into the distance then throw itself at the screen. It's, it's really good. I'll try mm. and send Adam the link. Yeah, I've not seen that. I think people have always been very creative, artistic and all the rest of it. We just more recently have got things to inanely occupy our time instead of us actually (laughs) occupying our time. And suddenly we've got time on our hands. The amount of TikTok videos that have been thrown in my direction on Facebook. I've knitted eight massive blanket squares. Well, I've loomed eight massive massive blanket squares. I'll soon have enough for a blanket. Bad time year for that, really. One of my guilty pleasures, I have to say, is Britain's got talent i'm not mad keen on the x factor but i like britain's got talent and in the ad break they have one break which is called the people's ads where they've got people to remake an ad under lockdown (laughs) and some of them are absolutely brilliant they really are they had just one now there's the one where she's had a weetabix and there's a girl fishing and she pulls a submarine out the sea and you've got the brother and sister playing around doing all this, and it's just one with a car, and it's just very well thought out. They are fun. The Taskmaster. Um, oh, yes. 30-hour tasks for people to do are also worth a look. Mm. Mm. So, any yep. more news? Any addendums? Any addendums? 
There is one here I forgot, which I should put into news, but uh, I, I forgot. Give it to us in an addendum. Yeah, an addendum. It's Star Trek Strange New World. Oh, yes. Yes. It's confirmed. There were rumours of this before the last podcast, which yeah. is why I forgot about it this time. But it's now confirmed. The characters of Pike, Number One, and Spock from Discovery are getting their own series. Yeah. Oh. With those actors. So you've got Anson Mount. Um, who are the other ones? Rebecca Romijn or something? I don't know how you pronounce that. And Ethan Peck, yeah. the weedy, beardy Spock. And so they're talking of uh, recast... Well, they've got a recast voice, but they're also talking of recasting Kirk and McCoy to uh, occasional really? guest spots. Yeah. Okay, because this is about a decade before, yeah. certainly, Kirk. I, I think... Don't know, don't I don't know when McCoy turns up. I think it might be sort of Ensign Kirk or Lieutenant Kirk. I see. They're trying to seduce number one. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't actually got a name, is she? They have to name her, surely. They can't keep calling her number one forever. <laughs> Am I the only person in the world who thinks the Star Trek universe is just flogging a dead horse? Yes. No. <laughs> no, you're not. They may say oh. the same about Dog 2, but... Uh... <laughs> Next year, we'll have Star Trek, the matchstick universe. Universe. Yeah. No, you, you, well, they've got the new animated series coming out, haven't they? Yeah. So, oh, Christ. I just find it weird when the original Star Trek, filmed a long time before a lot of them, and in some cases is set in a time period before a lot of them are set, looks better than the ones that are supposedly set afterwards or what have you. It just... No. Well, they can't. They can't help the fact that they recorded it fifty years ago. No, no, no. Yeah, it looks, indeed, it yeah. looks better than some of the new stuff. <laughs> oh, we will disagree there. But um, I just—it's just like, oh, another version. At least. These characters are very popular, which yeah. the same can't be said of all of Discovery's characters, yeah. I think. So. I, I agree that they're sort of, they've got something that works, so they're trying to overload it with as much as they can. Yeah. This is our, what, third official Spock now? Yeah. I wonder what, uh, what old Chatter thinks of this. <laughs> Every time there's a reboot, Spock is there. But where is Kirk? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Must be really It's almost as if Kirk heart. was like a one-dimensional character. He's <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> well, very uh, three-dimensional in real life. Oh, the, uh, the <laughs> meme on Facebook yes. about how come Spock never told anyone he had a sister. And you've got Kirk going, oh, come on, set us up, mate. You're a buddy. Be a pal. Set us up. What's she like? How big are her boobs? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> is she green enough for him, though? <laughs> <laughs> okay, any more addendums? Nope. And that's the end of the news. Well, <laughs> seems how we've had not a lot else to do, and because Speak the world is yourself, yeah. <laughs> I've been clearing the shed, and because the world isn't freaky and frighteningly weird enough, we've been watching a really weird, freaky TV show, Sapphire and Steel. Pause for music. I've been assigned. Sapphire and Steel have been assigned. To make you all feel old, this was made from 1979 to 1982. Yep. And consisted of a whole six stories. That's all there was. They only ever mentioned the time period they were in, the, the current, when they kept saying it's a present day. They only mentioned mm. it once, and that was in the last episode. Mm. Are you sure? Yeah. I could have sworn they said in the first episode, 1978. I'm sure they didn't. I might be wrong. Hmm. I might have just lied. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? It's all timey-wimey anyway. It is. Now, I absolutely love this series, mm. and it really was one of those ones I haven't watched that often. 
and nope. could really remember most of the stories. Um, oh, really? Okay. And I'm probably like a few people. Well, there's two that stood out in my mind more than anything else. And one particular, I got a bit nervous about all the photographs upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember from childhood. She's number four. The first one, I couldn't remember as clearly. So the first one was basically a house where the mum and dad disappears and you got it wrapped around nursery rhymes and the age of the house. Mm-hmm. And that one I, I didn't remember quite so much. I remembered that one because I really didn't like the boy and mm. I, thought he was, I thought he was really silly and I thought a kid at our school, who later went on to be a West End quite famous star, um, oh. I thought he would have been better. So that's the only okay. reason I remember that one. Wasn't Gary Russell? <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, I, I think we should actually give a small general outline of what the entire series is about. Cause, can I do it? Can I do it? Because, can I do, it? Do we know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we watched them all. Do we know? I'm yeah. sure we do. <laughs> it, it was nineteen, as, as you said, between seventy nine and eighty. That's more than forty years yeah. ago. So some people out there may not know what it's, we're talking well, about. Well, that serves them right for not being born. Or who's in it? <laughs> okay, so basically, sapphire and steel are meant to be elements. Let's not go there. They are played by Joanna Lumley and David McCallum, or as she likes to call him, (laughs) Macaloom. I don't know why, but I And they essentially, from what we can gather, they are sent to various points, various events... By a higher authority. By a higher authority to sort out time when it it tries to misbehave, such as Mm. breaking through into areas it shouldn't be in. So the closest I can think is that they're like time agents, but so very not Captain Jack time no, time agents. No, yeah, you, not human. You, and they they have the properties of what they're named from. So you've got silver as well, and lead and gold, mm. and they have the mm-hmm. properties of those elements. So you almost get the feeling they are the human forms of of those elements when they're yeah, being steel deployed. Steel is, those, is rather rather strong and also very flinty in nature. Great. And oh yeah, mm-hmm. and um, Sapphire is everything you'd expect. She's pretty, sparkly, sparkly aloof still, yep. aloof, wonderfully <laughs> aloof. So yeah. basically, the, the, the series is in six assignments. They didn't actually have any titles. It was just assignment one to six. The yep. first one is set in a a house. The second one was set at the oh, railway station. station. Yeah. The third yeah. one was that the picture the apartment. The apart oh the apartment. That was my least favourite. Yeah. Mm. yeah then we had a photograph. a photograph one. The last one ooh, yeah. the last one was there's, set at there's a, two more after. No, there was one after the photograph. Yeah, yeah I know, but I can't remember what that one was. Party. Party, party, that was it. And the last yeah. one was the um service, service station, station stroke cafe. Sapphire and Steel are the main combatants against time. Obviously, Mm. I suspect someone heard the expression time is the enemy and went, oh, that's good, let's make time the enemy. (laughs) But you also have occasionally, in the first one we had lead Lead turn up. Lead was Mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, We've had Silver. silver turned up twice. I think that's yep. it. Jet's mentioned, yep. and apparently Jet has a bit of a hot spot for steel. And yep. Jet <laughs> shows sure up works, in the uh, big finish. No, that's uh, Ruby. Oh, was it? No, I thought Jet Ruby. showed up in one. No, no. Oh. That's okay. uh, Ruby and Gold. Ruby and Gold. Because that was uh, Lisa Bowman, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and did you uh, notice that they, in this the last series, they dropped lead from the opening credits and shoved Mercury in, mm. but Mercury yeah, never appeared? So had he been... Or she assigned? I don't know. Is that some slight against the actor? 
I hope not, because he was, oh, he was wonderful. He only ever seems yeah, to great. exist to push down doors. Well, mm, smash yeah. down doors. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> yeah. comfort yeah. small children. And comfort small children, yes. It looks slightly creepily, <laughs> but it was the 70s. No, in in that, retrospect. That wasn't creepy. <laughs> One of the things that seemed to run through this, not in all of the stories, but most of the stories, was either nursery rhymes or children. A lot. Or both. Yeah. Old tunes. The yeah. whole thing would be where um, something... Time would try and break through or bleed through where things from the past and things from the present have collided. So with the photographs, it's where uh, an amateur photographer was mixing old photographs with new ones and then made a kleidoscope and released something the, the elements of time that were trapped in photographs. Yeah. In the party, mm. the man had recreated perfectly 1930s house and time used that opportunity to, to make changes and cut itself off. So they all were in some ways where time used people that were out of their time, so to speak. Not just that, though. It was strong emotions. The railway station was Mm. the... um, Frustration. Frustration and resentments of that. Mm. uh, We had a soldier who died 11 minutes after the ceasefire in World War I, and the frustration there triggered everything at the railway station. The railway station, I'll have you know, has been responsible for me being scared batshitless yeah. many yeah. an evening coming home from a, a late night meeting. I'm sure. Yeah. Eyes as well. yeah. Oh, the <laughs> eyes, the eyes. When Sapphire is doing her thang, sensing or taking time back, they mess with her eyes. Mm. Mainly they hold her head very, very still and put a blue effect on them. But when she's taken over by a bad thing, they go completely black. Mm. Including the whites of her eyes. Mm. It was I, horrible. Was really painful. I remember yes. showing that to you the first time and I had to spend about ten minutes talking you down off oh, the scene. Oh, that was so scary. <laughs> yeah. You notice, however, she doesn't blink at any point because those contact lenses... You well, they weren't contacts, over. were they? they? No, they weren't. We saw, no. a, we saw um, an interview and they were little pieces of plastic. It was just painted black and put Glued. in her eyes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to give her an uh, anaesthetic and direct it into her eyes. That was to, it. They, yeah, yeah. 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 Talk about suffering for your art. Health and safety. Yeah. 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 And of course, Silver in this was played by David Collings, who yeah. we, we lost quite recently. recently. Yeah. Great, great job he did too. Yeah. And, Him and, Sil- and uh, Sapphire seemed to have a bit yeah. of a flirtatious yeah. relationship. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> also, the, the <laughs> slight wasn't feeling... jealous, was he, at all? No. I was going to say the <laughs> slight moments of resentment from uh, still towards silver because of yeah. that yeah and didn't always quite trust him the last story i remember when i was a kid i'm, I'm with karen my least favorite was probably the apartment mm. oh yeah um, yeah that one I, I don't know why second least favorite is the party it just seemed almost like a pointless story it was dull it was, it was could have been three episodes yeah, long it mm. was what is it a sixer or later yeah. Six. It's a sixth episode, but Sapphire and Still don't actually enter the story into the last two two episodes. Yeah. Really? Oh, right. They're sort of stuck outside in the apartment. No, they don't don't enter the apartment, not the episode. They don't enter the apartment, right, yeah, they're on the roof or whatever. They're they're stuck outside the apartment for virtually all of the story. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I never quite understood the last story. 
I never understood if, if time had trapped them, if they'd been betrayed or what have you. Well, watching it back now, it seems like we never know exactly who is in charge of the, the elementals in charge no. of Sapphire Steel. Mm-hmm. And the three characters at the railway, sorry, at the garage. garage, both Sapphire and Steel were asked to work for them at some point. So they're obviously mm, also yeah. some kind of agency to do with time. Well, let's believe they're the transuranics. Yeah. Um, they're not transuranics, they're transient beings. Trans- so so I'm, different, I'm wondering if somehow or other this is where reading between the lines that time has promised them something and and time has used them to trap sapphire and still but silver gets away so obviously at some point they could possibly rescue them out of wherever they've been sent well, i think mm. if i remember rightly the, the documents uh, i've read is yes there was going to be another series of sapphire and still mm. where they get out because silver was meant to have been trapped with them and he would have done something with the cutlery to help them get out mm. there was a plan to do a set, another i find at least another series ATV, the makers of it, lost their license. Oh, we had yeah. we had the reshuffle of all the TV channel stations, mm. and it, it just never got picked up again. It's yep, a shame because so. it was a really good series. Yeah, yeah but we did get the audio. So, mm. well, after I did this, I went and looked on the actual wiki. And according to that, that they were picking up something like 11 million in ratings. Mm. So, yeah, it's crazy, isn't so it? So yeah. it was a popular show. Oh god! And it, it was originally meant to be a children's show, yeah. and they realised quite quickly that it had a wider audience than that, and moved it from the five o'clock tea time to the seven o'clock dad's home. Let's sit down and watch Sapphire and Steel slot. So that yeah. that really comes across on the first episode. What yeah. dealing mostly with the kids. Yeah, yep. mind you, you, yep. you say that. Can you imagine? A TV show filmed in that way, the psychological element, the creepiness of it being shown at five o'clock now. (laughs) I I, I don't think kids change much. Kids love to be scared. I know kids love to be scared, but unfortunately, I don't think we would put that kind of programme on anymore. Not at that time slot. There would be too much. Oh, well, you know, it's going to disturb people and what have you. Speaking of kids... Did anyone else find the little girl from the first episode so annoying? <laughs> oh, God, she oh, yeah. was clearly like eight years old and she was talking like a three-year-old. Yeah. It, it wound yeah. me up. <laughs> she wasn't the greatest actor in the world. but <laughs> <laughs> I remember only vaguely Sapphire and Steel. Mostly uh, Mr. Shape from uh, yeah. Simon 4, which was January, February 81, so I would have been about... Six. Six coming on seven, I suppose. Mm. Your parents let you watch some weird shit. <laughs> yeah. So I'm surprised I was allowed to watch it. It must have affected me that, that I can remember it. I, yeah. I can remember discussing the first story at uh, Thomas Bennett at school. It's my last school that I went to. So I, I, yeah. I can definitely remember that. I definitely remember all the series. 82 was pretty traumatic for me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had a little period from 81 to 82 where all my heroes were yeah. dying. Mm. He lost the Doctor, Spock, the entirety of Blake Seven and Sapphire and Steel. <laughs> yeah, all in that yeah. period. <sighs> now, I remember, um, as I said, I remember the first episode because I really didn't like the kids. And mm. the rest all blur into one apart from the railway station and the picture. But the last yeah. one, I remember being really upset at the end that they were stuck there. Mm. But for the yeah. life 
life of me, I can't. Re- I couldn't until I watched it again. I couldn't remember how the hell they got stuck there. So it does. Yeah. It, it affects you. It oh, yeah. does. Yeah, it's really good stuff. This was an era when there was a lot of good and unusual TV. I mean, it's also around about the same time you had Tales of the Unexpected was still running a bit. You had I the theme tune. I never watched it. I know my parents watched yeah. it. Yeah, and you had things like the Amiga Factor around about this same kind of time or just before that kind of like late 70s early 80s spawned quite a lot of these not entirely supernatural but these kind of like slightly psychological tv well it was was the same children's tv around that time you had children of the stones you had ace of wands moon stallion what was the other one chucky was it chucky chucky Chocky. Yeah. Chocky. It's all the drugs people had in the late 60s. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah. 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 But what I, what I like about this, it was a little out like, for PJ Hammond, because most of the time... He uh, was, pajama. So, yeah, he was the sole writer of this, except for, I think, one story. And most of the time, he's been known for writing Juliet Bravo, cop shows, mm. mundane mm. things, compared to yeah. this, the flights of fantasy in this. Yeah, because the only yeah. one he didn't write was the party was the party yeah the f- yeah number five assignment five yeah the party with the actual characters sapphire was wonderful in that she kind of like tur- as, as me and karen both noticed she turned from an abba tribute band in the apartment <laughs> and then in the next one she reminded me a bit of the one with the photograph she reminded me a bit of the look of the um, female android from Blade Runner. I think it's because of the yeah. pussy haircut. Yeah. Um, okay. But she did at times do the almost the Doctor Who equivalent of breaking or twisting your ankle in that she seemed to be often <laughs> stuck somewhere, taken oh, no, over no, no. by something. But that's part and parcel of what she did. She was the empath. She was the one who oh, put yeah. herself in there. Because they did the same mm. sort of thing in um, the Big Finish series. Mm. If anyone was going to get taken over, it had to be her because she was the one who had to leave her defences down and let them in so she could get a, a feel for yeah, what was going on. That's the point. They were a partnership. Still yeah. could not do what he does without the, the powers of Sapphire. And, Sapphire yeah. could not do what she did because without Still because she would be overwhelmed and absorbed. Yeah. And, and I, you... I did like it's something something we both noticed that... Um, especially in the first one when she wasn't required to try to talk the kids around or sense anything she turned off she would mm. sit completely still just looking into the yeah. distance not reacting mm. to anything yeah it's very clever yeah. robotic yeah. this wasn't that long after purdy was it the event was this this was after no. the avengers and it same for him avengers. it was after man from uncle so they were oh, both yeah, very very well known actors and actresses in their own right mm. i think it's probably why they had no money yeah <laughs> had to pay it to the cast <laughs> but i i like the fact the ways he also played still in that he was very still in the in his mannerisms and his behavior it's like yeah these humans are an annoyance when will they ever learn and that kind of stuff <laughs> i agree oh, yeah. with that but having, i agree with that but having said that there were slight moments where you got still i can only describe it as not smiling mm. there was a look in the eye and a slight twitch of the lips when they discussed <laughs> something and he's not smiling but you know there's a smirk wanting to come out one yeah, of the it's not one a of smirk the of a, it's exasperation and yeah. amusement. <laughs> one of the useless facts that I I really liked the railway station. Mm. You know mm-hmm. the, the station was outside a tunnel. 
yeah. most of the time the action was at night but when it was at day you could see the end of the tunnel yeah. and that was David McCallum's idea because it was just a black sheet with a tunnel mm. drawn on it so he went and got some white card and cut a an arch at the top and stuck it for perspective so that you could see the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. Funny enough, it when I was watching it, I thought it was actually quite well done. It was um, at the right angle for the train track to be bending around yeah. to get to. Yeah, it is very studio bound. Oh, oh yeah. All of them. And all very of budget limited. They, would make they do good. wonderful things with it. I mean, it was something we were discussing. They would make great stage plays because mm. it's just yeah. almost yeah. one set in a couple of times. Another, yeah. another yeah. performance I did enjoy was the guy who played in the the, uh, the third one, the apartment. The guy who played the changeling, the grown-up version of the baby, he because was really he was familiar. Oh, well, they they all are. They've all been in tons of stuff in the seventies and eighties. But he oh, yeah. um he was still essentially a baby, and mm. he was doing everything. It was like looking at Luca, you know, <laughs> the the curiosity, the wide eyes, the exaggerated head turns as he sees things of interest to him. He did it. It was a very very good performance mm. yeah. all of these episodes are on YouTube so you don't need to buy them yeah. you can watch the YouTubes and as I was trawling around I also found a reactor who's just discovered oh. this and is reacting okay. to them at the moment Medusa Cascade she's just okay. reached assignment four I think she's about 19 20 years old because she's quite early in uni yeah and yeah she's she's loving them she is yeah. absolutely loving them well, they, they yeah. do stand up very very well I think mm-hmm. you know story wise and visually yeah. it's, it's really only kind of the fact that they're not HD quality that tells you how old they are it's the pacing which I think might get people nowadays mm. they are very deliberately paced oh yeah yeah it very it raises tedium to an art form <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the tension building out the tension yeah. it's not about the action it yeah. is but this yeah. reactor says what's that yeah. a lot <laughs> what's what, 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 <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows nobody yeah. knows most um. of the <laughs> <laughs> Even the writer, Pajama Hammond himself, said he doesn't know no. what they are or who, what the backstory of the Sapphire and Steel and I the, quite uh, liked that to are. some extent. I, I do get a bit fed up sometimes with the origin story, the yeah. standing there telling everyone, what, life isn't like that. You don't bit meet someone and then find, mm. and they tell you their entire life story. <laughs> and I like the fact that we don't know. They might not actually be elements. They might just be very talented people and they're named after their talents or what have you none of that's made clear we don't know who appoints them and assigns them and that kind of stuff mm. and i no don't mind Bible. not knowing you know it adds yeah. to it oh damn well there was another fascinating fact to share come on you're, sure, sure, you're not helping i've remembered another fascinating fact the mm-hmm. very final scene of the final assignment. Oh, yes. You've got the the window of the cafe in space. That was yep. meant to be them looking out of the window in a picture. I think that... But they didn't, have, they didn't have enough budget left to be able to, to do it. It's a shame they hadn't, because mm. I think that would have been a really nice homage back to the time, the, the photo one. The first one, yeah. And but that would also, I think, in a way, belittle it because they got out of that. Yeah. yeah. Being stuck in a space or some kind of void is more difficult to get out of than a mm. picture. They were stuck in the Doctor yeah. Who opening credits of the time. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but listening to The Big Finish... And yes. we had Silver mm. in it as well. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah. God, he's doing a good impersonation of Silver. And of course, <laughs> it, 
It wasn't. It was the same actor, which... Yeah. But his voice, he'd managed to go back and get the same voice. There was no sign yeah. of age in his voice in between. Well, it's like Louise Jameson doing like, Young Leela again. Yeah. She had was, to yeah. take it up an octave. Yeah, David Collins. Yeah. He had such a distinctive voice. So, so the other thing we were doing, listeners, was listening to The Big Finish, Sapphire and Steel, which is obviously set before they get trapped into the uh, no, it's cafe. Not. No, it's not. Isn't it? It's, is set, it set, it's, set, it's set after. It does man- mention, I think, either the third or fourth or maybe even the second series, I can't remember where, uh, that it was Silver that got them out of the room. Because only, I've only listened to yes. the first box set so far. Yeah. And I was blooming impressed, Very impressed much so. about how well these tied in with the original series how they captured that whole mm. feel yep. the pacing with them and all the rest of it the actress that did sapphire i loved the only i like the actor yeah. that did um steel but this steel was older than david mccullum mm, that's Steele that was. is my own that, yeah that's my only complaint is he sounds too old well, david warner yeah. yeah, it'd be nice if they'd got an actor whose voice was more the same kind of octave down. Doesn't have to be the same age, but the same age yeah. range as. But yeah. then Steel. you wouldn't have had David Warner, who is yeah rather rather brilliant. Good. He did a great job of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He absolutely but, captured uh, captured that oh, character. Yes. I think. Yeah, that, I am not trying to distract from him. No, no, no. That was that was the only thing. Was it took me a while. But then on the other hand, if these are elemental forces, well. Doesn't mean to say they have to actually come together in the same humanoid form. Yeah, exactly. There, there are. There is a later story where you see yeah. an alternative Sapphire and Steel. Oh yeah, yeah. played by different the, the, different actors. Their, thir- their third season. Yeah, that was yeah. weird. Yeah. Very brief. But yeah. um, apparently they, when they got the license, big finish. They wanted Joanna Lumley and David McCallum, and McCallum was tied into his what is it, NCIS, NCIS. NCIS contract, yeah. and Joanna Lumley wouldn't do it without him. Which is yeah. all kinds of cool. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is. Yeah. Really interesting to see what it would have been like with them, although I love this cast. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So the first one was um, a steam train, and mm. I love mm, this. This, this, this was my favourite. This was reminiscent yeah. of the um, the railway station with animosity and all the rest of it. And yeah. Whereas the animosity was directed at Sapphire still for stopping them, this was directed at this poor single passenger yeah. who wasn't mm. guilty of anything but everyone's out for wow. his blood <laughs> yeah um, he, he caused a train derailment didn't he, he well did. it's unclear i think that was, that was what really happened although he was blamed for other things he didn't do as well it, yeah it's really clever Dude. one thing i'd like to like to mention and it's going back to the railway station one was that was the only episode that managed to make me cry because of Tully at the end. Oh, yeah. And it was it wasn't mm. said that he knew he was going to die, but it's he implied. knew the it's actor implied. the mm. way the actor sort of straightened himself up and just looked them both in the eye and then turned around and went. That yeah. You know. Dumb the look. Yeah. Yeah. That made me blub. <laughs> oh, yeah. It also made the reactor blub. Yes. Did it? Oh good. Okay. Yeah. So she didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, often people don't come out of this well. They they no. have to have to die, <laughs> yeah, just to make sure time doesn't break through or whatever's happening. Yeah. Well, well that's 
about Blubbing, the second story of the yeah. um, Big Finish. Daisy the Chain. Daisy oh. Chain, which is basically <laughs> about um, a dead twin. And, oh. Don't say it. Yeah. And that one, that one, I must admit, it did kind of like me go a bit. Yeah, you weren't sitting on the bus between Crawley and Horsham <laughs> when you listened to it. I got punched when she got home. And it hurt. It was not a, not a happy one. It wasn't evil twin. <laughs> Not even that's what you pick on. Look, kill the poor blooming pizza delivery bloke for no reason. I said oh. evil twin. It's such a shame Big Finish don't have the license for these anymore because yeah. I would love to see yeah. more of them because the two of them are excellent. So I think really next time we're at a con, I'm going to buttonhole them. I was going to say, do yeah. we know what happened? Did why, how or why they lost the license? Well, they, there was talk of um, another series being filmed, wasn't there? I think Neil Cross was attempting to get a series off the ground. That was back in 2015. So yeah, they, they, they stopped doing it in 2008. Yeah. So I'm not sure that's implicated uh, or not. I think they, they had trouble making the sales, sufficient sales. That's oh. a shame. As often they did. Even now they have problems with some of their spin-off stuff. Yeah. If it isn't, if it isn't core Doctor Who, it struggles. But back in 2008, even more so, I'm sure. Yeah. Back yeah. before they really cracked the download market and the well, American market. It's the wonderful you. thing about audio. If um, suddenly there's a demand for them, they can do them again. It can come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, hopefully. In, I, in The Passenger, we got introduced to another new character, Gold. Ah. Mm. Yeah. Played it was by, mentioned in the original series. Yeah, it was in the opening crawl. Yeah, as, as played by Mark Gatiss. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did a great job. Oh there. God, yeah. As I say, if yeah. you feel think still is uh, reserved and cold, <laughs> Gold takes it to a whole new level. Mm. A bit more suave, maybe. Even. <laughs> yeah. And then there was, of yeah. course, Ruby, played by uh, Lisa Bowerman. She popped up in yes. the second series. I think. Oh, oh, did she? she wasn't in this oh, one yet. It all gets muddled yeah, yeah. in my head. <laughs> I did like. I think it's called All Fall Down, the one that was set at Bedlam. I think mm, yes. that's yes. my favourite one of the lot. Oh, very, uh, okay. yeah. very good. It's basically set at Bedlam and the archivists are trying to record everything that's happened and there was a guy that did a whole load of experiments with audio and photography and time mm. is used as an opportunity to try and get through. Breakthrough. And it, it, yes. that one was particularly well done I, d- I don't know what it was about it that stood out to me more than the others but it just seemed to be a little bit more above the rest for me hmm. well that's the thing where it's very very lucky because it was a whole series where i can't think of a bad one. Oh no yeah they were all of very high quality as a big trivia yeah. which we've been doing earlier uh the lighthouse actually oh yes the Lighthouse actually started life as a stage play without Sapphire and Steely in it at all. Oh, right. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah you could almost take any uh, spooky story and put Sapphire and Steely into it, couldn't you? Yeah. Anything involving ghosts and yeah. hauntings, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's very much what Sapphire and Steel was about, the supernatural. Yeah. It, it, it and was somebody a, trying to control it. It was a sci-fi show, but it was a sci-fi show leaning more into the supernatural than, mm. say, Doctor Who. Oh, Who. yeah. Oh, yeah, completely, yeah. Well, it's funny enough, listening to these, watching and listening to them, it, it struck me how there's an, an opportunity with all the technology and that kind of stuff now that's around to 
to still have really good stories. You could have some really interesting updated ones with, you know, CDs and what have yeah. you and downloads and computer stuff and time trying to get through on multiple layers. Well, I mean, mm. breaking the rule at the moment and leaping forward, the end of season, series two, that involves uh, CDs yep. and audio plays. And not <laughs> only does it break the fourth wall, it shatters it, explodes it. And they, the mm. end of that one, I was on the bus coming home and I was actually nervous to turn off my MP3 player at the end, just in case. <laughs> You'll have to listen to it, Jean. It's so very, very clever, but you become part of the story. The, the listener oh, becomes part that. of the story. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sitting there with the MP3 player thinking, come on, you silly cow, turn it off. And my inner child's going, no, don't turn it off. Yeah. Yes, you're going to die. No, I'm not. But just in case. Okay, lovely, lovely listeners. We'd like to know what you thought of Sapphire and Steel, both Mm. the TV series and the wonderful Big Finish audio dramas. Do write to us via show at staggering stories dot... Net. Oh look, we did that without any cock-ups. <laughs> so proud of you guys. How many so times? proud. How many times? Six bloody weeks. <laughs> we we're actually getting used to this. Maybe. Oh, hey, hey. Okay, chaps. We've done sapphire and steel, mm-hmm. but we are not a sapphire and steel podcast. No. Nope. We like. Doctor Who. Pause for music. Right, okay. Those of you who were lucky enough to get hold of the uh, season 14 Blu-ray will have seen that there were lots and lots and lots of lovely extras on it. So Mm. we've decided to talk about them, haven't we, chaps? We have. We have, yeah. Adam, tell me, (laughs) did the farewell Sarah Jane, or whatever it's called, Uh, make you cry? Not quite that much, but... uh, At all? No, maybe you slightly teared up. Nothing nothing ran. Dead inside. (laughs) You go shopping for a toaster because some silly girl has to wait 36 years, but a brilliant documentary like that and you are dry-eyed. You are a monster. Well, I was prepared. I had been told as a... Oh, made me blub. Oh, <laughs> she man. Did. It was very good, though. It did go through Liz Sladen's entire life, really. It started yeah. off... I'd had no idea with uh, Alan Akebourne. Oh, yeah. That wasn't yeah. that brilliant. There's some fantastic names had you know nice things to say about her yeah, yeah one of the negative things though which wasn't mentioned for some reason is that she went to school with edwina curry but then <laughs> I, I don't think i'd want that known if, you know i don't think he knows who edwina is anymore <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was it was basically a tribute to elizabeth slade and lots yeah. in there from her daughter sadie yeah. people who worked with her and but i think the thing that got me and probably lots and lots of other people was there was a lot in there from tom baker and mm. um, he was watching scenes on a, a little iPhone and yeah. he kept touching her face on the screen very tenderly. Yeah. 
and he teared up at one point, didn't he? He did get quite emotional, yes. That was it, that was me finished, you know, it's like, (laughs) Jesus, all right, pal, if you're going to blub, I'm going to blub. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying it was put on? No, no, I'm sure it isn't better. (laughs) I I think the thing was, we'll remember our first doctor, I think they always have a soft spot for their first assistants as well, and he really did hit it off with this lady, and as we know from Louise Mm. Jameson, who basically caught the She suffered because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. being Elizabeth Slayton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they don't shy away from that either in any of the uh, special features. It is acknowledged that, uh, and he even somewhat apologises for the fact that he wasn't particularly good to Louise yeah. Jameson. Oh, he was yeah. a bit of an ass. They've, but they've made good it friends up. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that that's worth the admission price alone, I think, that documentary. Yeah. Really well done. They put a lot of money into it, too. They, they got her car from yeah. uh, Sarah Jane Adventures, and they drove it around all these places that important to her life. Yeah, it's very well done. And they kept interspersing it with uh, interview clips of her, yeah. which also yeah. made the bottom lip tremble a bit. <laughs> in the day, yes. Are there any Easter eggs on this that we're aware of? Not that I'm aware of, but I'm sure there are. My favourite Easter well, egg of all time has something. to be on the fi- the um, the five doctors, which the Easter egg is David Tennant doing the commentary. Yeah, and that is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything like that here. I wouldn't be surprised. I also liked mm-hmm. the um, Talents of Wen Chang one. <laughs> I think mainly because we'd only well, quite recently went Seen to the BFI it. to see it being discussed. Yeah, it was just before lockdown, wasn't it? Was it was the last Yeah, it was literally about two days before lockdown. Yeah. Oh, God, it seems like years ago. <laughs> In Earth, it was. Oh, yeah. the, the yeah. before times. <laughs> yeah. I still yet to gauge your reaction for the rat, the new rat. It didn't... <laughs> You're not to laugh at me. I'm not going to laugh. I didn't notice until the scene where it actually grabs her and pulls her away because it's so dark yeah they have darkened it a fair bit yeah but once i got a i'd realized oh hang about that's not as nauseatingly embarrassing as it was before (laughs) and i I looked at it properly yeah i thought that was rather good you do have a knee-jerk reaction against news yeah but sometimes it's it would be like if they got the guys from jurassic park to have a look at um invasion of the dinosaurs again (laughs) sometimes things need doing <laughs> but that's monster. not to say they need to overwrite it and get rid of the other thing because that needs to be mm. kept. Oh, it, it, but yeah, sometimes uh, you just need that little glimpse of what could have been. Yeah. <laughs> in like the in... snake from Snake Dance. That I mean, that was bloody awful, but it wasn't bad enough that I couldn't have imagined what it would have been like with a proper snake. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, the redo of it, quite frankly, wasn't as good as it could have been. And so I, I, I enjoy okay. the new CGI. I don't agree with ditching the old stuff. I think the old stuff should no, still be accessible. It's always there. It's an option. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a bit hit and miss. I, I mean, I love Enlightenment. I hate the new CGI for... Um, yeah, the ships. The, the sh- not the ship, but the bit where she's communicating. With a great eye. The great eye. The original... Thingy. Just the bright light coming down was yeah, so effective. much more effective than yeah. the new CGI version. It was almost like, we've got to make it look impressive. To quote yeah, Jeff Goldblum, look naff. <laughs> to quote Jeff Goldblum, or to misquote Jeff Goldblum, they forgot to stop and think just because they can, does that mean that they should? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something, you know, it's, it's sometimes they hit the nail on the head perfectly back then, and the mm. effect was as good as it needed to be. 
Yeah. I don't think they did any Robots of Death today, for example. Again, I don't think you need to do anything with that one. No. The only it, thing I would do differently in Robots of Death would be to um, correct that bleed-through from the... Um, oh, the green. Well, it was red, wasn't it, when the Doctor had that thing jabbed in his oh, head. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And it was bleeding I don't mind through that, though. everything. I, I couldn't accept it. It's just catching other things, the light from it or whatever, so I don't mind it. And Robots <laughs> of Death also has a tie-in with um, Sapphire and Steel. David yes. Collins. Well, yeah, Collins, Collins. Silver. Oh. Uh, what else do we have? We have on the bonus disc. We have quite a lot of Hinchcliffe stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. a couple of Hinchcliffe documentaries. He's not or, dead, is he? No, no, he's, no. he's not dead. God, his good. hair is. But he's got well, a great comb yeah, over. So we, we interviewed him at um, <laughs> Hooverville a couple of years back. Yes, yeah, no, he's still alive and kicking, or at least he was before the event. Very interesting <laughs> man to listen to speak. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that is one thing I am enjoying about these box sets. Originally, when you had the DVD releases, I thought they were very poor in the fact they, they hardly seemed to have any bonus features. Uh, I remember the original DVDs? release of Robots of Death only oh, okay. had uh, studio footage with the, the time on it and the special effects footage and virtually yeah. nothing else which was a waste for the DVDs, whereas this is building it up. It depends on when the DVD came out. If it's early in the range, then, yeah, they had less. Yeah, because yeah, early on, it was, it was like just, we can get to see it again, because yeah. we yeah. haven't seen it since well, it was first put well, out. Sapphire and Steel ones, yeah. it's literally just special features. Here's the press release that was put out, and here's some pictures. I mean, oh, originally... mine's got a documentary to it. No, not, not on our release. Yeah, ours no. is really, really out. <laughs> Oh, okay. There's literally nothing. And that's one of the reasons why initially I didn't collect the DVDs because mm. there's nothing new. I had the video for them. I know. Yeah, I know. You're really fashion I know. Guy. I know. <laughs> the old cine tape. Yeah, as if I, wanted, if I wanted to watch the show, I would have watched it on video. I wouldn't have got the DVD. <laughs> We've got a reel to reel thing in the, lo- in the loft. He goes <laughs> up there occasionally. Say, he has the cine projections that he bought them, you know. <laughs> There's some cine stuff somewhere that his dad took when he was born. There's cine, oh, really? cine stuff of Keith as a baby out there. Oh, oh, he was get an that ugly scanned. little sod. He really was. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing changes. <laughs> I love you too, Adam. <laughs> yeah, Hitchcliffe is all over this like a rash because he's also in the, the Pine Sofa stuff along yeah. with Louise and Tom. Well, it was his, his last series, so everything should be as he wants it to be. And uh, rightly so, because this particular season is held up as a bit of a golden age, particularly. Oh, yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. All of these are pretty good to, to excellent. The, each story grips you. There isn't really what I would call a dud amongst the season. No. No. I, was, I know it'd no. be a very, very unpopular opinion, but out of all of them, the my least favourite is The Deadly Assassin because I really never liked the idea of yeah. the show without a companion. I just prefer having the companion there. Stop mm. glaring at me, you're scary. <laughs> <laughs> I might agree. I think I'm not a great fan of Deadly Assassin. No, but, I know. Uh, it, I know it's seen by some as a masterpiece, but well, it's, it's only going back to reading the initial knee-jerk reaction to Deadly Assassin is exactly the same to the knee-jerk your reaction we're getting now to the Timeless Child. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I liked the Timeless yeah. Child. <laughs> okay. Why, the why Timeless Child opens up mystery. This explains things. You don't want to see the Doctor's old teacher, do you? I don't know. Why? Why do you want that? <laughs> well, I think it was... Was it 
the first time we actually ever went back to Gallifrey. I um, think it's the... not really. It's that's on the doctor. First, yeah, it's the first did. story that's completely set on Gallifrey. Yeah, in the war games where he yeah. gets yeah, but forcibly that, we don't really briefly. see Gallifrey on the end of war games. This is the first time where we actually see the Time Lord community in Gallifrey it's, it's, in itself. It's the first, first three doctors. It's the first time it's put under the microscope, so to speak. Mm. Yeah. And that's that's and I think that's another th- reason why I don't hold it up that highly. Um, yeah. I think setting it completely on Gallifrey having that story at all was the equivalent of in Terminus showing the Garm the time rules were a lot better when your imagination could go into overdrive and guess what sort of people they were without without seeing them what I think about the Deadly Deadly Assassin is actually sort of more of um, Robert Holmes holding up a mirror to the BBC hierarchy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And internal politics that was going it on at the BBC rather than... It's a shame he had to do political. it with Time Lords, though. <laughs> but it, yeah. does, it does set the blueprint to how the Time Lords appear from now on, the visual look. For oh, them. the visuals are oh, amazing. Yeah. and that, that The headdress and the, the cloaks, I just... I love that, but yeah. I, I just think the Time Lords would have been more scary, more interesting... If you'd never they seem very seen mundane. Them, they seem very mundane. Them. They don't seem like an all-powerful race of people well, who over no, seem well, time. That's, that's, seem like a bunch of librarians. Well, that, that's the point. Yeah. You look at the history of the show with the Time Lords up until that point. They're vaulted as all-powerful, standoff, not to observe, not to interfere. But every chance they get, they're sticking the Doctor in the middle of something to sort it out for them. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. If they're just... Uh, well, it, it, a, it, it, Power behind the scenes. But... It was showing and highlighting the time lord double standard. Don't mm, touch. Yeah. But meanwhile, get in there and sort that out for yeah, us. Yeah, I'd no problem with that. It still feels to me like the way they live should be so utterly alien to us because mm, yeah. of how far in advance they are. But it's but not. It's it just, just like doesn't... looking at any bunch of councillors or yeah. MPs. Yeah, or university mm. or something like oh, def- that. It's definitely sort of, university. Yeah. It's a bit Oxford or Cambridge or something like that. Dons. And... But anyway, that that one, that aside, yeah. it's a really strong season. Yeah. My favourite is still Rope's Death, although I can understand why people hold uh, Talents of Wing Chiang slightly above it, although I personally don't. Uh, but those two in particular, great the, way to end the season. The Assassin is the one one that got Mary Whitehouse and her lot up in arms, wasn't it, as well? <laughs> because of the, um, well, the, the scene fine. where the Doctor's being drowned and they actually yeah. froze the they end did, of yeah. the story. Oh, my giddy arm. I remember the furor about that and how she tried to ban Doctor Who and it was bad for children. And yeah, <laughs> Apparently, because of that, we were all going to go out and try and drown each other. All that happened in my house for that, three times my dad had to use this line and three times I fell for it. I remember going, oh, and him going, don't worry, he's out there having a cup of tea somewhere, he's fine. <laughs> he, he used that, yeah. for one of the scenes in the Horns of Nymon, where he falls Horns off. Of Nymon. Yeah, yeah. Is it Horns of Nymon, where he falls out of the... Uh, uh, pirate planet. Pirate planet, yeah, where he falls out of the uh, big gaping window. Shaft. And what was right. the other one? Oh, I think the other one was um, Genesis of the Daleks just before I threw up on him. <laughs> yeah. Was it that traumatic? I had, to, I had tonsillitis and I was very little, so we <laughs> didn't watch it again for a long time. <laughs> okay. now, this is one of my favourite seasons, I have to yeah. admit. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't a tough yeah. one in it as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> if we're we're going to do the silly fanny thing of um, putting them... I should have said fanish thing there. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you do with your <laughs> 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 putting them in order. Oh, I, I would put 
Talons mm. of Wang Chang first. Right. Yeah. Mask of Mandragora and Robots of Death equal next. Really? Mm. Okay. Then the Hand of Fear. Then the Face of Evil. Then Deadly Assassin. Yeah, I could yeah. go with that. I've never seen the Hand of Fear all the way through. Yeah. No, I remember you put it on just before we went to is it Galley. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were all staying up at your place. Yeah, just before we we're about to fly somewhere. It must have been Galley, I think. That's the only time I've seen any of it. <laughs> we got all the way to the end. We'll have to have yeah. a hand of fear session. Maybe we should do that next time. Everyone should have a reason to sit there and go. How many ways can you sell Eldred? Must live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard the big Finish sequel to it, but I'm not seeing yeah. the original. Um, yeah, I uh, like the big Finish sequel. For me, it is very difficult to put them in rankings. I love all of them. Oh, yeah. Mm. If you must, it will probably be Talons of Rain Triang, Face of Evil, Mask of Mandragora, Deadly Assassin, Hand of Fear. Robots but, of Death? Oh, no, sorry. Ro- I forgot about Robots of Death. Robots of Death I is going to be... I wonder what the hell you were but doing you there. They're all, they're all sort of sandwiched <laughs> together and I love them all. Put yeah. the Robots of Death at the bottom. I'm I sorry. No, I don't... What the heck is if wrong with you, man? anything at the bottom, it will probably be Hands of Fear, but... It will be a very close bottom. See, my perfect season <laughs> would be would actually take out Deadly Assassin and put Rain and Morbius in there, and then that would yeah, be it. It'd that be would be a perfect season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's got to be Robes of Death top, Tons of Wing Chiang second. Ooh. Mask of Mandragora? Uh, it's been a long time I've seen that, and don't have particularly great memories of it. That... I liked Mask mm. of Mandragora. I, I love it's okay. It's okay. The new TARDIS interior. Yeah. Mm. And for anyone My, that hasn't Adam's seen... Adam's doing his list. Maybe. Adam's oh, doing sorry. his list. <laughs> <laughs> Face of Evil next. Mm. Maybe then Master Mandragora. Then probably Hand of Fear and... De- so Dead De- Assassin. Assassin at the bottom. Yeah, Dead Assassin at the bottom, unfortunately. Oh. Just because I, I fear it does more harm than good, generally. So you've put <laughs> Deadly Assassin above an episode that you admit you haven't actually seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but sorry, below an episode you below haven't it, actually yeah, yeah. seen. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think it's going to do much damage to the mythos. For <laughs> anyone that hasn't seen any of this season, which seriously, if you call yourself a Doctor Who fan, what have you gone wrong? This is also yeah. the season, apart from anything else, gave us Jago and Lightfoot. Yes, yes. did. Yeah, and they got some nice mentions in there behind the sofa as well. They, they did. didn't actually go as far as to mention Big Finish, although you could tell that Louise Jameson wanted to. Mm. Yeah. And maybe she did and they cut it out, I don't know. Because obviously she worked a lot with them yeah. on Big Finish. Okay, people, we would like to know what you all thought of not just season 14 which is a masterpiece but all those little extras that the blu-ray provided please do write Mm. to us via show at staggering stories dot net oh that's two out of two guys oh we're getting good at this (laughs) this this is going to be the last one we have to do isn't it yeah (laughs) hopefully we have a bit of feedback Thank you, thank so you, thank you, everybody. You all... No, I'm not going to say dead. That's a bit tasteless. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> there are other people out there. I'm worried they'd gone off of us. That they, they yeah. weren't listening to us anymore. Oh. They didn't yeah. love us anymore. <laughs> Speaking of which, we've heard from Catherine, the dragon maker. Yay! Oh, Hi, Catherine. Uh-oh. I think you just missed our last podcast by a matter of hours, unfortunately. Oh. We recorded early. <laughs> Before we um, hear from Catherine, though, yeah. I'm reminded that we haven't said hello to Terence. 
And oh, if we're Terrence. saying hello to Terence, mm-hmm. we should probably say hello to the other guy. Oh, him. Oh, we probably should. He's taking his baseball cap off. Well, he did look a bit silly. <laughs> he does still look like he's got dark hair, though. He's had it dyed. Three, yeah. Yeah. two, one. Hello. Hello, 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 Hello Terence. Hello, Terence. Hello, Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. I wish I could yeah. see you all, but we can't. Graham, the- comes the day we can go round and hug each of them. Believe me, I'm not hugging yeah. anything that's been in his, his house with him <laughs> while he's been in lockdown. <laughs> right, Catherine says, hello, staggerers. Hello, hello Catherine. Catherine. Should I do an accent, do you think? Oh, no. Oh, I think you should. Please, it no. went down quite well no. last time, well, didn't it? I was going to say, it'll be a couple no. of years till she'll, before she'll be able to come over here without having to spend 14 days in um, isolation. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm going to attempt an American accent. Hang on. Hang on, hang on. Catherine, yep. I am sorry. I am so, <laughs> I think I, so sorry. Reese was very impressed last time for what he said on Facebook. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How do Americans sound? <laughs> <laughs> right. Hello, staggerers. Oh, my Hello. God, he's going to kill you. <laughs> Hello, Terence. Hello, head of poetry. And oh, no, I can't do that. It's, it's uh, no, I'm not I sure what that was. Say Maryland. Merlin. <laughs> it's good to hear that you all are keeping home and reasonably safe, at least as of the last recording date. Not much to report yep. here. My housemates and I, as well as the cats, have been keeping to, to the house. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. While I haven't always joined in on the Twitter side of various watch-along events, I've often been quite content to pop on the DVD and watch, knowing there's a bunch of fans out there doing the same thing. Mm. Yeah. There was also, also the Chimes of Midnight listen-along. Mm-hmm which I really enjoyed as I spent the afternoon sewing. (laughs) It's good to hear that the latest Red Dwarf was fun to watch as well as funny. I've been a Mm. fan for a very long time, but haven't seen anything past the first half hour of Return to Earth, (laughs) which I thought was dreadful. Yeah, not a a high point. A friend of mine is a massive fan of the show, to the point that when I met him, he was introduced as Dave Lister. (laughs) And when when I'm in Merlin, we watch the show. I think we finished season three. Thank you for keeping up with the show. I don't know what I'd do without your fun, frivolity, (laughs) and whatever the third thing is. Jollity, Catherine. It's jollity. jollity. (laughs) Anon. Catherine the Dragon Maker. Thank you, Thank Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. Catherine. I hope Thank you're still you. safe yes, and well. Got jollity. Yeah, Return to Earth wasn't wasn't a high point for them. No, but no, uh, really it gets wasn't. better after that. Who else have we heard from, chaps? We have heard from Katrina in Australia. Ooh, hello, hello, Katrina, Katrina in Australia. And I will not attempt an accent. Yeah. Oh, go on, <laughs> attempt an Australian accent. <laughs> Hi, Staggerers. Your discussion of Solo got me thinking about what I liked and disliked about the movie. The character of Han Solo and the movie's place in the Star Wars universe. World building is one of the strengths of the majority of the Star Wars movies. We all enjoy seeing cultures and people who have survived in their good, bad or neutral roles in new stories. But Solo just gave us mostly the neutral people with bursts of good and bad in a story we mostly guessed from Han Solo's earlier anecdotes. I do consider Solo to be a Star Wars movie. Ha! An insipid movie that has missed the point and focused on the wrong character. <laughs> having just killed the older Han, sorry, older Han in later movies and having lost Carrie Fisher, the movie shouldn't have focused on Han Solo. There was too much emotion at that time for that story to succeed. Mm. For me, Han has never been the most interesting character in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> it was always Chewbacca who made the most impression and was the far more intriguing character. 
In the original trilogy, Chewbacca's actions are undervalued, yet his actions are often pivotal for the rebellion succeeding and probably include nagging Han into joining <laughs> the attack on the first Death Star. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can yeah. see that. I can yeah. see that. The story of how a Wookiee with a much longer lifespan met up with a young wild human and mostly tamed him would be much more engaging than what we got with Solo. We got snippets of Chewbacca's history in his escape and the other Wookiees being freed. We also saw Han reconsidering some of his choices thanks to Chewbacca's objections and suggestions. It would have been more fun if the thieves had hired Chewbacca, negotiated contract with him, and considered Han to be Chewie's pet human. <laughs> Han's story of gaining experience and respect would then be of a scamp with an adult alien protector. <laughs> Chewbacca is a movie I wanted. I doubt we'll ever get it. Yeah. Cheers, mm. Katrina in Australia. Thank you, Katrina. Uh, Interesting like idea. Very good. I like some of the points you brought up there. She also thought that Solo was a Star Wars film. <laughs> yeah, she did. Like Poor Chewie. Like I do like the idea of Chewbacca having his own origin yeah. story, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. I suppose you could say he got it in, was it the third film he turns up uh, in uh, Revenge of the Sith? Not really. Uh, he's a bit of a background character there. Yeah. He's never been very well represented at all. It's almost as if he, they're worried because obviously he doesn't speak English, worried about the... Yeah. Uh, People reading subtitles. Well, not just that. The how do they make him sound Emote. interesting yeah. without making him sound funnier and funnier as they go along? Yeah, it is a problem. Yeah, there's a lot more character there than they ever delve into in any of the films. Really, he's very the much silent movie. <laughs> do they cover him at all in any of the the novels? Oh yeah. Yeah, much more so, I think, in the novels generally. You go back to his, his home and got a Wookiee who can speak English or basic or whatever they call it. Yeah. yeah. And obviously they, they kill him off, although that's yeah. now been wiped from, uh, from yeah, canon. that doesn't happen now. <laughs> no, that, that is a shame, because obviously, even though Peter Mayhew is gone, yeah. it's still very doable. The character survives, yeah, the character lives on. Mm. Like R2. Okay, chaps. Yeah, there we go. Chaps. 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 Okay, chaps. Chaps. And everyone else, we would like to hear from you. We'd like to hear your views on anything, please. For the love of God, talk to us. No idea how dull. Well, of course you have an idea how dull this is. You're going through it as well. You've got me. Yes, I've got you. I've got you. <laughs> so please do write to us via show. At Staggering Stories. Dot. Net. Lead us out crumbly. No. Mm, no. And so that brings us to the end of another podcast. Oh. Yay! But fear not, next time there'll be more of the same. More news and reviews, more who old and new, more fun, frivolity and jollity. I'm not <laughs> sure I got that in the right order. Well, I think that's the wrong way around, but that's fine. <laughs> <Talk casting. laughs> but <enough>. until <laughs> that F for fornicating, <laughs> frolicking, frivolity, frivolity, soporific. That's an S! What? <laughs> I said an F! Oh! <laughs> Do they not have the alphabet in whichever land you live? <laughs> no! Fiddling. Fiddling. Formulaic. Funnily. Frustrating. <laughs> to comes frolicking. frolicking towards us. <laughs> this is me, fake Keith, saying farewell. Au revoir. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 342, featuring Adam Purcell, Karen Dunn, Jean Riddler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speakers and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the sites. No copyright infringement is intended and this has been an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net.
the head of Pertwee has been assigned. That's good. I yeah. like that. That's good, yeah. <laughs> On his own, though, I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, He's too much of a mouthful to have somebody else with him. It just doesn't work <laughs> as a team. No, no. Yeah. Too unstable. <laughs> Yeah. We've seen how he he treats his female companions, you know. So. <laughs> it can't be worse than steel, can it? Yeah. <laughs> we get on to that. Welcome, welcome. welcome. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Great minds. You go for it. Got, no, you do it. I read the intro. I was just fed up of waiting. Yeah. <laughs> We've been watching a really weird, freaky TV show. Tom and Jerry. and Steel. Do you want to say Sapphire and Steel again? Because I tried to be funny over the top of it and it completely didn't work. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, about my... S- we scanned and found no viruses. So it's you that was dicking around with my stuff. Do not scan when I don't tell you to, you mm. arse. <laughs> I'd say the theme, the theme to Sapphire and Steel, if I leave it a few years, the first time I hear the theme tune again after a few years, it does really get to me, oh, oddly. I don't what? know why. What, in a arousing kind of way, or <laughs> mm. sort of nostalgia, but also maybe a bit of trauma. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's because your parents <laughs> let you watch it when you were six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine after that. If I, you know, many episodes, but then if I go away again for a few years and come back to it Given again, how... I get the kind of shiver down the spine. And how few times it's ever been repeated, which I think is like once. So mm. if you didn't get to see it there and then. I think it's only been ever repeated once. Yet there's a whole generation that sit there going, oh, I'm a bit nervous around photographs. It obviously had a really, really good effect on the subconscious. (laughs) Well, I've got a day's flexi leave tomorrow. And I thought, oh, what what exciting things will I do on my day's flexi leave that I've had to take or I lose it? Should I go to the coast and sunbathe? Should I go to a museum? <laughs> Should no, I'll just watch the rest. <laughs> well, yeah, what am I going to do on a day off at the moment? <laughs> you can go to the castle and check your eyesight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, chaps. Any of you who are lucky enough to have the season fourteen box set, Blu-ray Ooh, box set. Sorry. Blu-ray yeah. box set. Just messed up my sentence for that. <laughs> yeah, because it's important. Go and sit in the corner. <laughs> I think she is, to record this. <laughs> anyway, despite what old Janet Street Porter over there says... <laughs> Go do an intro to it, Karen. Do an intro. I demand you do an intro now. You've got to shut up then. <laughs> oh, it's from Catherine. Oh, for Christ's sake, stop being a total doofus. <laughs> Not you, Catherine. Hang on, hang on. I still get a touch of the old hay fever. She's blowing her nose. Judgmental bastard. I didn't have any visuals there, and all I could hear was, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> she transforming? Is she changing? <laughs> that would have been something She's else. She's morphing out. <laughs> We've now having a Hulk there. Could you Hulk out, please, Jean? <laughs> No, no. That's an impression of Mr. Sin. Happy Tail Day as well. Happy Tail Day. Happy Tail Day. Happy Tail Day. Happy tail day.